does it mean to live with less stuff and more compassion? This is the question we aim to answer every week on the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. Hi, we're Marsha and Michael O'Fay, co-hosts of this podcast, authors and writers of a blog by the same name, and where we share weekly articles and recipes around conscious living. This week we dive deep into some practical tips and honest feelings about living a sustainable lifestyle. We're both very passionate about this, so this is a long episode. So whatever you're doing, please enjoy this one. It's going to be epic. Okay, so we must say, before we begin, we've been quite sick. Yes. The last few days, and so we're very sorry that this podcast is a day late. We've received <laughs> we've received messages asking if we're okay, <laughs> if we're <Yes>. still alive, <laughs> to yeah. uh, to see what 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 happened. Yeah. One week we we're there, one week we we're. <laughs> so yes, again, if you tune in to us weekly, we're sorry that this is a day late, um, but hopefully we haven't lost you. Uh, yeah, so th- today we're going to be talking about what can we do to live a more sustainable lifestyle. Yep. So we're actually really going to be talking about what we're currently doing to achieve that to the best of our, of our ability. Yes. And it's also based on a couple of things. We've got three things going at the moment. So... One of them is the fact that it's plastic-free July. So, mm-hmm. we thought it would be an interesting and important topic to discuss in the month of July mm-hmm. and share with people how they can be more plastic-free, be more sustainable. Yeah. The other one is... Keep, keep it a motivation to, you know, to join in on that challenge. Yes. Yes. The other one is we wrote, well, Michael wrote a blog post, one of the first blog posts that we published on The Minimalist Vegan. Oh, about a year in. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought 2016. It was, yeah. Right. Yeah. I thought it was much earlier than that. Um, about 50 plus simple tips to live a more sustainable lifestyle. And that's actually received, it's one of our best blog posts on the website that receives the most amount of traffic. Yes. Not maybe the best in terms <laughs> yeah, yeah, of yeah. writing it's skill. It's a really simple blog But post, it's yeah. very basic, yeah. but quite punchy at the same time. So for people that are interested in, you know, switching to a more sustainable lifestyle, it's a good place to start. Yep. And the other thing that um, since we've started this podcast, this will be episode number 21 um, and since we started it, we did a podcast called Let's Talk About Waste, where I got ridiculously passionate. Yeah, in episode 17. Which is, yes, episode 17, which we're going to link in the show notes for you. And that one is also one of our most popular podcast episodes since we launched. So we wanted to kind of keep things on that same path since you guys like that type of content from us. To discuss, I guess, the things that we're doing on a broader scale rather than just either plastic-free, you know, shopping or just give you an overall lifestyle perspective of what living a more sustainable lifestyle is. Yeah. Now, we're not, and I'm not saying that we are the most sustainable people that you'll meet when it comes to this lifestyle. We're not. 
we're just trying to balance it out in a way that actually works for us and we're doing what we can yeah. without completely driving ourselves insane day in, day out. And, you know, considering that some things are out of our control at this stage, yeah. um, we're doing what we can to help. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. we were planning to go through each section and just have a chat about what we're doing and how you can do it too. And yeah. We just why we... This, we just want this to be like really, I don't know, actionable um, and... And not so more so much just hearing tips, just like, oh, that makes sense in theory, but things that we actually do, yeah. and like you know what's what's the perceived trade off for making that decision, like a sustainable choice over a non sustainable choice. You know, there's always a perceived um, compromise of convenience by doing so. Mm. So we just want to be really frank and honest about what that compromise looks like and how and, we've you adjusted know, to it. It's not, it's not always easy. Yeah. Some things are hard, but the thing is when you care enough about it, it's not as difficult as you might think that it could be yeah. as well. So, exactly. um, yeah, there are compromises, but there's also, if you've got that why inside of you that's strong enough, that's going to drive you forward. It's like being vegan. It's like being a minimalist. It's like being anything yeah. that you feel like you have passion enough towards to sacrifice some things that don't, um, I guess, that aren't part of the norm, part of yeah. Western society that is driven by consumerist mindset. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, do you want to kick us off? Yeah. So, we, um, we, we, we thought we'd... Oh, actually, look, we'll just... Uh, we won't go any order with this, actually. Um, we were going to go with some structure, but um, let's keep it free-flowing. But I think um, one that's, that's kind of obvious, not obvious, is about how we manage um, receiving physical junk mail in our homes. Yeah. So, um, and, and particularly where we live in, you know, suburban Canberra in Australia, it's, um, it's more about, you know, um, putting a no junk mail sticker on your actual letterbox. So you can literally get at any um, hardware stores. Yeah. They've got plenty of different options. So... When we lived in an apartment, I just... So, every place that we actually live in, I check if our mailbox has that sticker. If yeah, it it's doesn't, one of the first things you do, yeah. I go and buy one. So, yeah. it just says, no junk mail, thank you. Yes. Because, I mean, I find them sometimes and that's something that my t dad actually taught me because he's always stuck them on our mailboxes as well. Yeah. And... Um, he said, oh, look, be polite about it. Get one that also says thank you because those people are just doing their jobs and it can seem not aggressive, but it just, you know, might not seem nice to just yeah. be like no junk mail exclamation mark. Um, so, or post, some people have like only Australia post letters. Yeah, they spec like they add yeah. some sort of a filter to yeah. it. But, so, um, but, but yeah. I, but I think it's e easily something that can go overlooked and... And and then it just becomes something in your to-do list that you just never get around to doing. And yeah. I think there's a few things there. It's like, you know, the minimalist in me also doesn't want to receive junk mail because of, you know, the the stuff that's generally coming into that little box. Well, then you have this whole thing of FOMO, like, oh, I need to check if there's something that I might be missing some out on. Some sort of a on. coupon code or yeah, something like that. Yeah, some bargain there. for whatever Yeah, which ties into a lot on. of things we've talked about before, like, you know, succumbing to the power of sales or, um, you know, or I suppose just just consumerism in general. So yeah. I think there's, so the minimalism in, in me is, is, is definitely a big, you know, believer in that. But then the waste element, I mean, 
as soon as you don't have that label on your letterbox, I mean, there is a lot of stuff coming in there, even yeah. to this day. Even in 2019, there's still a lot of junk mail going in there. Yeah, which surprised me. Like, when you don't, even when you walk the streets, the amount of, you know, junk that you see scattered around because it doesn't necessarily maybe make it to the person's letterbox. Yeah. Or, you know, those newspapers that are chucked out onto that are also wrapped, wrapped in, in plastic, in plastic yeah. because yeah. it rains and then it, I think that they worked out, well, if it rains, then it's pointless if the person they doesn't get it. wasted it, yeah. But they still, they leave it on, like, you know, you take your dog for a walk for a couple of weeks and it's still sitting there. Yeah. Um, so, I think sometimes you've got to prioritise opting out of certain things. Yeah. Um, so, that that doesn't become like even like the physical yellow pages as well. Yeah. You know, they still post those out oh, every year. Yeah. Oh. You gotta go and opt out of them. Oh. Yeah. Oh, thanks for doing that. Yeah. yeah. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> um, you had no idea. <laughs> no, I had no idea, yeah. So I haven't thought about them for a while. I think that there are certain businesses, um you know like actually you know what? The concept of mail is actually um yeah, I don't know. I, I felt like even when we had our own home, we never really, we started to check the letterbox less and less. I think we we're just so used to receiving parcels directly because we we're expecting something. Yeah. But the actual idea of checking spontaneous yeah. um, postage was becoming more foreign. I only ever checked foreign. it yeah. when it was like I didn't get something delivered. Yeah. And then I'd check if they left the slip to say we tried to deliver it, but we couldn't. Yeah. So that's pretty much most of the time yeah. what I'd check and then I'd check it maybe every few weeks to check if Soon there's enough, anything we'll in be, there. We'll just be interacting with drones. But it's typically <laughs> <laughs> but it's typically um you know, things you don't really want to know that they're they're like bills yeah. and <laughs> fines well, and like, all that type of stuff it's like when the home phone rings or when somebody knocks on a door that's unexpected. It's like really a good thing. Welcome, yeah. Yeah no it's like <laughs> Yeah, sometimes it's like a nice relative or, you know, family friend that does a drop in. Um, but Still, you want you don't want them showing up on an let's yeah, be honest. honest. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, normally when like, yeah, it's normally not a positive thing. So mm. I yeah. mean, it's becoming less and less frequent. Yeah. A lot of these things, even people showing up randomly at your doorstep. Like maybe when we were children, that was a thing. Well, look, you think about but our backgrounds. It now, might be happening more in Europe and Africa. I know in Africa it happens. Yeah. People are dropping in. But oh, um, I think oh, definitely in Europe. But in Australia, do. particularly in Canberra, it's not, not yeah. something that happens much anymore. No. Yeah. Unless they are from those countries and they're relatively fresh to Australia, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they still haven't picked up yeah. on the. Um. So yeah. So that's that's one. It seems like an obvious one, but if you haven't already, um, and it's inconvenience, just you know, take the steps. If, <laughs> We've and talked if you about one point yeah, for ten oh, no. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about junk mail for ten. Minutes. Okay, there you go. Um, moving right along. Um, so, okay. So this is, this is pretty, pretty nuanced as well is, um, hot water bottles and wearing extra clothing if you can for warmth. Yeah. So look, we tend to do this, but we also tend to not depends on how cold you are. Yeah. And you know, like even a few days ago when I first started getting unwell, I, my, uh, like my insides were cold. Like my bones were cold. I had yeah. as many blankets and everything as possible and I was still frozen. Yeah. But then like, you know, have a hot, quick hot shower that will warm you up from the inside yeah. and keep you warm. You just then need to rug up. 
Like yeah. I'm currently holding a hot water bottle because I'm cold. Yeah. It's the middle of winter here in Canberra. So, um, but you forget those things. You get so comfortable and complacent with heating. Yeah. But like it's getting more and more expensive and it's not a sustainable way. It's of not, yeah. For sure. I think we need to keep challenging ourselves as to how we can regulate our body temperature. Like I'm more, I'm worse in summer. Like I really struggle with the heat. So, um, you know, relying on cooling um, becomes, you know, something that becomes unsustainable as well. Put an ice pack on the back of your neck. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's just another example, right? So the other one is turning off all your devices before you go to sleep. Yeah. So having nothing on that. charge. So we used to always have things but on charge. But we don't charge... Not in not in our bedroom. Like, yeah. okay, this is one thing that I really struggle with when I see other people doing it. Even in movies. Yeah. Gives me the... I yeah. don't want to have to say that this, <laughs> this <laughs> podcast uses explicit <laughs> language. No, no. Don't want to have to tick that box. Keep it kid-friendly. Um... Because they should learn about sustainability too. Yeah, and they're probably swearing as well. <laughs> How did I think of it? <laughs> um, it used to annoy me when I see how many people, and so many people doing, they don't realize it's really unhealthy for them. They charge their phones next to their heads while they sleep. Guys, your sleep is going to be so much better and healthier if you don't charge anything next to your head. If you need an alarm, go and buy an alarm clock. I give you permission as a minimalist to go and buy an, a physical alarm clock. But we don't have a physical alarm clock. We don't need an alarm. That's when was the true. last time you used I an used alarm? To. I, I used to. You used alarm last to. Couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. But on that note, we, I think we should put that on the wish list. I mean, the, how many times did I say though, let's go and buy an alarm clock? Have you? Many times. Oh. All right, let's have this discussion yeah, off yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, but I think, yeah, let's put it back into the wish list because I think, um, like, I know what we used to do is we used to turn off... Um, like Wi-Fi. We, we used to turn off the Wi-Fi by the, by the power. Yeah. Um, and and obviously, yeah, that's that's doing... It that has some level of impact from a sustainability... Um, from a health, so, probably from Wi-Fi. No, and no, no, but I'm just talking about shutting off. Yeah, so I'm yeah. talking about this like electricity. So even things that I guess that are plugged in, Correct. they're still technically connected. They're exactly still right. connecting that electricity through your device, yes. even though it's not going anywhere. Correct. So um, so I think that still has some little impact in that aspect. But yeah, I think from a health perspective, mm. um, that was really powerful to turn, turn things off by the power. So if... The bare minimum that you do is to turn your Wi-Fi off yep. and then put your phone in flight mode if you really need to use the alarm yeah, the alarm on your phone yeah, and keep it like at least an arm's length away from your head yeah, so that you physically have to, like I'd sometimes put it on the other side of the room, set the alarm so that you physically have to get up to turn it off, no snoozing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that'll actually make you get up. You've got no choice. But yeah. if it's next to you, next to your head, you can press snooze about 50 times. I know someone that does that really well. Yeah. I'm Do not you? looking at you. Not you. Oh, and someone else. Okay. Yeah. Who's that? <laughs> I'm not saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um... A few more house things is composting. That's really important to do. I mean, for us in particular, because we eat a lot of 
produce a lot yes and that's probably i'd say 80 percent of our waste Mm. um and that's really important because i for a while there back in the day i used to think well it's still like it's still organic matter regardless where it goes it's still better than you know synthetic materials and whatever going into the rubbish bin but composting is really important because when you put compost into landfill, it actually produces toxic methane gases. And it was something like 20% of all methane comes from landfill. Don't quote me on this, but yeah, from um, things that could have been composted instead. Oh, okay. So we used to have a system where. And we didn't have composting facilities ourselves no. or anything. Well, we tried to. Yeah, actually. Just, <laughs> but like we yeah. had nothing to really use it for because we didn't have a backyard. We yes. had fake grass in our apartment that was already there when we moved there. Yeah. Um, in a really small patch just underneath where we dry our clothes. Yeah. So... We, we tried it, but it wasn't really working and we didn't buy the right composting bin. And then we thought, well, this isn't going to work. We might as well give it to someone that actually knows what they're doing. Yep. And, you know, help their soil help. You know, she was a very, she was really into gardening and planting a lot of vegetables in her own backyard. Yeah, so she lived a few streets up from us. So you, uh, you yeah. would just regularly take up um, yeah. our food scraps yeah so every time we'd have like a it was like a maybe i don't know 10 liter bucket yeah that i'd just take once that i would fill that up then i'd when i'd take chewy out for a walk i'd walk her walk the compost up to her place yeah she'd empty it out we'd have two bins on rotation yeah so that you know if she's not home i just leave it in front of her door and then she'd leave out the other one for me always at the on on the side of her gate yeah but since we moved, like my mum and I are part of a community garden. Yeah. And they've set up um, compost bins there. So now we've got bigger ones that we actually drive up to the community garden. Yeah. Um, and pop it in the compost there. Yep. So there's there's always a way. Like even if you don't have the facilities to do it yourself. Because yeah. you live in an apartment or you live somewhere else. Like call around, ask people that you know or, I don't know, call the local recycling or rubbish bin place. Yeah. They might have someone that you might be able to give yeah. it to. Or even like there's people in, you know, really small studio apartments um, that I know that still manage to get a bit of soil and create a little bit of um, something. Like they grow some sort of produce in, in pots uh, that they can even use their compost in that way as well. So but there's a few different, yeah. So yeah. there's a few different ways that you can actually compost. So the one that we're talking about is the conventional sort of just you know turning it into to matter that helps you know that worms eat and that helps um, the soil, the soil and yep. biodiversity of the soil and stuff. But you can also use a bin called the Bakashi bin, which we also tried. Right. Remember, yeah, that we had underneath our sink. Oh, yeah. And that you sprinkled, I can't even remember what exactly it's called, but you'd, it, in other words, you'd push it down, you'd sprinkle some something, I can't yeah, we'll recall what it, we'll it is. Find yeah, we'll show notes. Um, you sprinkle that before you put on the next lot of, of scraps and you just keep pro- 
repeating that process, it pushes down and makes it into a liquid fertilizer. That's right. Yeah. And then it's got to tap down the bottom. That's right. And yep. then you can use that as a liquid fertilizer. Yeah. Um, which works great for people, as you said, that have their own pots and stuff because you don't have to aerate it. Yeah. And you don't have to have a bigger space to be able to, or like a worm farm or whatever. Yeah. So that works well for people in apartments that either don't have someone to give it to or would prefer to create something for themselves. Yes. So that's a really good option. So that's a Bakashi bin. So as Michael said, we'll link to that in the show notes. Yes. Um, but as I talked about in the Waste podcast a few weeks ago. Yep. You episode know, 17. Yeah. <laughs> I think we got that before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Michael. <laughs> um, you know, even just looking at what you're throwing out to recondition your brain to start thinking about what you can, you know, what you can save from being thrown out. Yes. And um, how you can avoid that from happening in the future. Yes. So, so I've got another example. Yeah. Which is um, uh, making your own coffee at home. Yeah. So, um, bear with me here, Marsha. Yeah, I'm listening. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I was like, where's this going? Yeah, so, uh, obviously, look, I think, um, you know, the, the the other alternative is getting takeaway coffee um, and using takeaway cups, which are... Or just not having coffee. That's the yeah, other alternative. Yeah, you can not have coffee, but <laughs> I, I, I like to imagine a world where I can have coffee. Um, so, I think, yeah, like brewing coffee at home um, is a good alternative, but... What we found by by doing that, oh look, and if you do have coffee out, like I tend to drink coffee at the cafe, mm. and I and I have it there. Um, not everyone it, has that luxury, so no. just bring your own cup. But yeah, and I've said this before on a podcast. Uh, I've seen many people have coffee out and opt to get the takeaway cup there. So that's a thing too. Yeah, I'm so just to have saying. The time, bring your own cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring your own cup. <laughs> Um, but yeah, if you make coffee at home, um, what we've been doing is, um, you've been turning the, um, what do you call it? Coffee grounds. The coffee grounds into like a body scrub. I haven't been turning it into a body scrub. I've well, just, just well, put it to the it. side. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. You put it, put it to the side. Cause you know how much people pay for that stuff? Yeah. yeah it could turn it <laughs> into a product, right? Well, they have. <laughs> And I remember when we used to have our online store, there was one particular brand. I can't remember their name and I won't name and shame anyways, but they were charging an arm and a leg for a body scrub that I'm pretty sure was just like coffee, used coffee grounds and coconut oil maybe. I can't even remember what it was, but it was so basic and they were making a lot of money from it. Yeah. And now that we've started drinking coffee, we weren't like, I was not a coffee drinker. Even six months ago, I was not drinking coffee. Yeah. But when we started working together and you were making coffee every morning, so we've got a little percolator that we yeah. use um, to make coffee and it's so quick and easy. It's like a damn cafe in this house yeah. at the moment. <laughs> well, it's not like some people have like a proper, proper yeah, no. coffee machine and stuff. Yeah. That stuff takes too long and it's just bulky. Yeah. And this thing you can wash, you can put away with your pots and pans and stuff. So it's yeah. pretty straightforward. But um, don't remember what I was saying. But yeah, so once, once in a while, once every few days, I actually just, if we're not composting them, I put them into a little um, bowl. 
yep. and put that in the bathroom. And then I use that as a body scrub. If you yep. want to get fancy, add some coconut oil to it yep. so that it um, moisturizes your skin at the same time. Yeah. But let's be honest, I can't be bothered. So I yeah. just use the coffee grinds as an exfoliant, as a yep. body exfoliant. And that actually stimulates your skin as well because of the caffeine. But I mean, it's been taken out of it mostly. Yeah, it's been anyways. extracted. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but that's a good way. Like that's, you know, if you think about the life cycle of, you know, um, you know, enjoying a coffee at home and then having ex- an exfoliant for your body. I mean, that's a really good example of bringing it all together, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that's another example um, to keep it going. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about commuting. So um, yes. because that's, you know, something that's fairly universal for everybody. But um, one thing that we've recently done is we've sold our car. <laughs> Still don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. Yes. I mean, uh, it was a good thing, but it happened so quickly. It did happen quickly. Like as in 24 hours quickly. Yeah. <laughs> but we have no car now. And, um, but it's not, and it's not like we're living in a super metro sort of area at the moment as well. Well, it's improved with the tram coming in, the tram in is here now, a few months ago. Yep. It's much better. Yeah. But but I do think a few things there. Obviously, we're working at home, so that's that's an advantage for us. But yeah. I do know a lot of people in suburban areas who don't have a car who are managing as well. Mm. But um, but I I I do feel much better about you know, um, not contrib- contributing um you know all all of the the fossil fuels um and everything that comes along with with owning and running a car. Um, so that's been great, and and I think um like the the idea of public transport like there's a few benefits obviously the sustainability is fantastic but i actually think it's like a really nice way to go and reconnect with the world see see what you know see what other people are doing um you know be able to listen to podcasts maybe you even listen to this podcast whilst you're commuting as well so i think um that's great and i also plan on buying a bicycle um which is really exciting because I think riding bikes is, is a lot of fun and it's good for your health too. So I think um, commuting, there's a lot of opportunities, actionable steps that we can all make towards that. Um, even if you have a car, it's about, you know, is there ways that you can start using the car less? Um, yeah. You know, I know one of our friends, Leah Babauta, um, the founder of zenhabits.net um, with six children, um, you know, they lived in San Francisco um, without a car for over 18 months, you know, and these are, you know, six, six children that, you know, were all teenagers and down in terms of age. And they managed to run a whole household that way too. So, um, you know, they just walked everywhere and they caught public transport. Um, so, cause you hear that all the time with families or, well, I need a car to be able to do pick up and drop off or, yeah. you know, I'm in a suburban area, but I think there's examples in every scenario where you can make, yeah. Those other things work. When you, you really have restrictions, to. yeah, you know, yeah, as you, you've got no choice. So yeah. you either carpool or you pub, catch public transport. It's interesting when we sold the car, I was freaking out. I was like, oh my God, there goes my freedom. But the thing that I didn't expect to think was that whole, oh, I just, I need this. I'm just going to run down to the shops and get it. Like that whole stopping, starting and feeling like, like it forces you to just stay at home and get things done. Yeah. That you don't have that excuse of like, oh, let's just go out and eat, you know, this vegan cafe or do this and whatever. 
But the other awesome thing is since we've been catching public transport is going to places where you know would be a nightmare for parking. Yeah. I mean, and we live in Canberra, so it's not Sydney or Melbourne or New York or San Fran or wherever, LA, yes. whatever it is, where parking could potentially be a nightmare or London. But just those little things, it's like you can actually relax, sit down in a cafe have a meal, have a good chat and not stress yeah. about your car running out of a parking ticket or how much it's going to cost you yeah. to be there, Yeah, you know. So just that little thing in itself is really liberating. Yeah. Um, you know, there's obviously pros and cons to both, like for us to get to your family's house now. Yeah. They only live half an hour away. By car, but for us to catch public transport Almost was two like, hours, yeah. yeah. So there are certain things that obviously aren't great, but we do have access to a car if we really need it. Yeah. So, you know, we can borrow a car. Yeah. Um, so it's not, um, and that could be something that you do, like, you know, if you maybe once a month, if you need a car, you can just rent out a car for the day. It might be cheaper to do it that way. Like, think yeah. about. We actually calculated we're saving a lot of money by not owning a car anymore as well. Yeah, yeah. It was ridiculous by the time that you added up petrol, insurance, registration. Servicing. Servicing, all of that stuff and the headache of, you know, making sure that you've got money for all of those things. Yeah. You are actually better off if you need to rent a car or they've got those car sharing things or like... If you do need to get somewhere. Yeah, there's people even, um, there's Ubers even services, even people on social media getting together and offering lifts interstate for each other. Like there's so yeah. much going on in, from a community standpoint that we could do for for public transport yeah. to limit the amount of vehicles on the road. Yeah. Um, but I think it just comes down to challenging your current paradigm and what you think is convenience. And, you know, we're, we're touching on all of these examples because there's a perceived compromise and convenience but um we found out with con the constraint of not having a car there's some other benefits out of that and mm. um obviously the biggest benefit is the environment so um yeah. that's one to consider yeah um, while you're there mm -hmm. before we move on sure i found that the overall liberation of owning one less thing and that thing yes. being quite a big ticket item yeah yeah you got those minimalist vibes was pretty <laughs> yeah, yeah. like it was awesome. Yeah. You know, considering that at the moment... I haven't heard this perspective from you. Really? Yeah. I swear I said no, that to no. you. Oh, well, there you go. Interesting combo for the podcast. Yeah. Um, no, it was just like, you know, because we don't plan on owning a car anytime in the future again. Yeah. So it was just that whole, well, we need to start getting used to this. Mm. But also, you, you don't have this big thing that could break down on you that could you know if you have a scratch on it if this happens if yeah it's a responsibility it is yeah like owning a car not is, only financial yeah. but like you know it takes up mental capacity that you don't realize that it that it needs from you yeah sometimes it's like the so. way we think about owning a house it's like it's a huge responsibility yes financially but also just the the, the, the maintenance and, mm. and all of that stuff that you need to upkeep. And some people really embrace that, but it's, mm. you know, I see that as a real headache. Mm. 
Look, and our situation, is, as we've we've said multiple times now, is that we're lucky that we work from home. Yeah. So it could have been a different story if we were both working on the other side of town, like close to where your family lives. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, it would take us like up to two hours public transport either way compared to because public transport in Canberra is still not amazing. Yeah, but, but I know people in that area that have public commute right into the city. Yeah. Um, via public transport there mm. so it's like I, I think i think it's just it's just pushing the boundaries and what you think is convenient mm. you know and 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 there's people in bigger cities laughing at us right now do you know what i mean because yeah. it takes them on average 90 minutes two hours yeah to each way to yeah. get into work yeah so it's it's just about what the perceived con- convenience is mm. i mean i guess it's because we've grown you know we've both i've been here for 22 years you've been here since pretty much the day you were born yeah and we haven't lived in a big city i mean yeah a little bit but not to a point where they've got their public transport so sorted out that there's a bus or a train or a tram yeah but the time still takes the yeah, same. yeah yeah it might not be as frequent or as well organized but the time is still comparable mm. um i mean i, I personally i I wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> you want uh, me to commute for two hours each way every day? I'd probably look for a lesser paying job closer to me. Yeah, Because yeah, I, yeah. I would really struggle to give up that time just for commuting. It depends on the situation, right? Again, depends yeah. Everyone's on the job, different. Depends on the So salary. we're really lucky yeah, yeah, to, exactly. you know. Yeah, all I'm saying is that, like, I think it's less challenging what convenience is, mm. you know, and, and see what we can do for the environment at the same time. Yeah. Um, so moving right along, yes, in we Marshall, can now. Okay, um, is <laughs> uh, want to talk about reusable bags because that's that's one of the first things you hear about when uh, as a sustainability tip. You know what? It annoys me how many reusable bags there are now to the point where they're becoming a bit of a problem themselves. What the tote? The tote epidemic. There's so many <laughs> and everyone's given them out. I swear like every brand has their own now and every yeah. dog has their own branded bag now. Yeah. There's too many. It's yeah. like, okay, I get the whole reusability thing of it, but you don't need 50 of those. Yeah. Because you go to like a fate, they give you one. You yeah. go to the, to a opening of something. Like yeah. a school, you know, like a whatever. Yeah. And they literally put one leaflet in there yeah. with their branded bag. Yeah. So, so so maybe we should all review how many reusable bags we have and make you, sure. What are you going to do with the rest yeah, of them? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's. <laughs> yeah. But if you do that, then it might prevent you from getting more. Yeah. Right. Just like, oh, this is a cute bag. Yeah. Even though you have 50 at home. Yeah. You don't need another bag. <laughs> <laughs> they all ha- have the same purpose. Yeah. And look, I think that's a good... Look, I actually... Um, uh, I wrote a post uh, a month or two ago um, about like different types of clutter. Mm. Uh, and one, and we'll link to it in the show notes. But um, one of the forms of clutter is like car boot clutter mm. um, or car trunk clutter, wherever you are in the world, wh- whatever word you use. But I think by actually looking at decluttering your car or your vehicle, that's when you actually start to find... Because when we had a car... Mm. you started to see how many of these reusable bags started to accumulate in our lives. Mm. And it's, I think, only when you have that perspective to actually check and count how many you have that you can start to mentally put a cap on how many you continue mm. to bring in as well. Mm. Um, 
but but I think but what are your thoughts in general in terms about um, people just getting started using reusable bags and and that becoming part because we've been doing it for such a long time now. Yeah, it's a bit hard to sort of go back to what it looked like before. Yeah, I mean, if anything, that's literally step number one. Sure, is take bags with you when you go shopping or when you go anywhere really. Yeah, like. The best ones, especially for women or even guys, just pop it in your back pocket. Yeah. Are those ones that turn into like a little pouch. So you can literally have it in your handbag. Yeah. So wherever you go, you've got one. I mean, I tend to use just my handbag as a shopping bag as well if I need to. It's not like shopping bag size, but I can fit enough if I've got a few items that I can't carry with me. Um, but yeah, it's always good to have one handy Yeah, in, with you at all times. I think that's a really good tip because man, how many times have we been out and we're like, you know, we're just like carrying things like with our hands. Like we refuse to take a bag. We refuse to take a bag. So we're yeah. literally trying to pile things on and carry them awkwardly <laughs> in our jackets and stuff. Um, and we could have just had that little roll it up little bag that we could have used. Mm-hmm. So... Um, if you've got a backpack that you use daily, maybe just have one in there at all times. If you've got a handbag. Or you can just use the backpack as well. Or, yeah, if use If you're the backpack. riding a bike. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely like, uh, you know, minimal waste sustainability 101. Well, look, if you have paper, plastic bags already, just keep reusing those. Yes. This is the thing that I think people tend to shy away from is like, oh, it's plastic. I shouldn't use it. Well, no, just the thing is it already exists. You should use it and use it and use it and use it as much as you possibly can to actually uh, justify having a product that should technically not really exist Exist. in our opinion uh, the most life possible Yeah. so that you can justify having it in our existence. Yeah. So... Like we had, um, we had like two or three plastic bags in the bottom of our, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, clothes, dirty clothes basket. Yeah. Um, that I would use for my really sweaty. The things that should not be <laughs> near anything else. <laughs> my really sweaty clothes that I, that I had from like playing basketball. Um, you know, that stuff was pretty toxic, those clothes. <laughs> so, we would, was, <laughs> we would reserve those plastic bags. You to, laugh now. Yeah. But <laughs> to, put, to put my clothes in. Um, and, you know, they just hung out at the bottom there and, and they got great use. In fact, they're probably still there. No, so they're not. They're not? No. Oh. I've used them. Oh. Actually, one of them was so ripped up that I had to soft plastic recycle it. Oh, wow. But we had them in there for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You um, just don't play basketball as yeah, often. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, like even if you go away somewhere, last time I used it is when we house sat for a week. Yeah. And for all of our dirty clothes, I just yeah. put it in, I took the bag. But then by the time that we came back, I noticed that it was like I literally couldn't leave, like it wasn't in one piece. Yeah. Clothes just kept falling out uh, of it. I see. And I was like, okay, this needs to be recycled. Okay. So, so I came to that point. Okay. Um. So... Th- Buying buying in bulk from the farmer's market. Yeah, from the farmer's markets as well as like groceries. Just groceries in general. Yeah, like dry goods and anything cleaning wise and whatever. Um, It's interesting because there are a lot of people, I mean, depends again where you live in the world. We were lucky in some aspects. 
uh, that, you know, some things are really hard to come by that aren't wrapped in packaging or plastic, for instance, yeah. like salad mixes. Yes. They've been really difficult. But then, you know, over a year ago, there was a farm that started coming to the markets that they do salad mixes, but they put them in paper bags or they have it in bulk so that you can put it in your own. Um, I always have a few plastic bags that I've used for years because I find that things keep better in the fridge, yeah. in the crisper. So I reuse and we, those. And we mentioned that in episode 17, I think we did, yeah. about washing them and hanging did them on the line. Did you hear, guys? It was, which, <laughs> what, what number episode, <laughs> episode is it, Michael? I just feel like a proper podcaster <laughs> that I can remember the actual numbers of our previous episodes. Because so. you have it written down right in front yeah, of you. Yeah, that's true. I just feel a bit more organized, okay? Um, but yeah, so when we, yeah, I think we mentioned it then that like you, yeah, we so I wash cl- them. you wash them and hang them up on the line. So yeah. I just wanted people to know how intense you are. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, if they need washing, otherwise they just go straight back into the bag, back into the cycle of going back to the markets again. But, yeah, things like salad mixes are pretty tricky to come by. So, I was really grateful when these guys came about yep. um, to be able to just pack my own salad into my own packaging or if you've got like a container that you want to put them into and put them straight into your fridge or if you want to put them into a bag first and then when you get home you know even wash it dry it really well let's and talk then about that let's talk about that because i um i remember um you know going to the supermarket with my mum being quite young and looking at uh like salad salad mixes in bags and I remember it was always like a goal to get um, pre-washed salad. Hmm. <laughs> like, it, you, no, seriously, it used to be a motivation. Yeah, it still is. And it still is for a lot of people, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, so I, I think, again, the perceived convenience comes into to play here is that you go from a, a culture of, okay, wanting something that's pre-washed, okay, so you can just take it straight out of the packet and use it right um versus you know going to the farmer's market and using your own bag to put your Mm -hmm. salad mix in but then having the diligence to clean that properly um when you get home before you use it as well so there's a few extra steps yeah um but that's an example of this perceived convenience now it's become second nature and see i personally i'm one of those people that i wouldn't trust Yes. That pre-washed, even if I wasn't environmentally conscious and whatever and was yeah. happy to buy the pre-washed stuff, I still yes. wouldn't trust. I'd still Yeah, and I'm sure there's myself. a lot of people that would still clean it. Yeah. But I think the piece of mind... But when I see people yeah. literally tip it straight into a bowl and like, yeah. here's the salad, it's ready to go. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, but it's, you know, it's one of those things. Look, and it's that's... better than not eating salad at all. You know, yeah. like if you're looking at it from that perspective... Like to eat salad or to not eat salad, yeah. eat salad. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes, look, people can't sometimes avoid plastic packaging, especially in countries where like Iceland or that's the only one that really comes to, like if they're yes. out in the middle of whoop whoop and they, they're, the climate isn't good enough for yeah. them to be able to grow too much produce that's seasonal or whatever. And they need to import a lot of, produce into the country yeah so i um 
then have seen that in supermarkets everything's la- wrapped in plastic that's been imported. Yeah. So sometimes you don't really have a choice. Mm. But when you do have a choice and you can make a difference, why not try? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's like part of being a conscious consumer is, yes, filtering out those type of products to, you know, do do some better things for the environment. But, you know, we can also question things and ask the question uh and i don't care if it's the supermarket or the farmer's markets but you know you know asking managers asking um storeholders mm. the is there that you know ask. as like is there a way that i could bring my own bag and yeah. just top up the salad mix like yeah. you know have well, we explored? you've got you've got more chance i mean look some supermarkets i know that they do do that some they do have yeah. the open bags you know in the fridge section um that you can yeah but but marsha like even the big chains why not ask the question you know where would that where would that conversation lead maybe we should do that for an experiment here but i just think that like regardless of how big the organization or the entity that's providing this produce like let's have that conversation Hmm. you know it this is serious i like let's like this is real talky i mean sustainability and waste is a really serious topic right so we need to move with some level of urgency so why not have these conversations, ask the question. Now, mm-hmm. if you have access to this produce, fantastic, right? But even you said, even at the farmer's market, there w- it wasn't until recently, was there an option where you can top up the mixes by yourself? Yeah. So, um, I mean, but I uh, see, I'd feel more comfortable and confident talking to farmers directly about sure. that. Um, and even just saying, look, you know, I can see that you have these prepackaged for convenience for a lot of people, but some people would probably want to control also the amount of salad that they buy. Yeah. They don't, they, if they live on their own, they might not go through that much salad and it ends up being a waste. Yeah. Just as an example. But yeah. they, um, you know, might want to have it in bulk. Yeah. I mean, I've heard from a lot of zero waste people that are like really committed to the cause that haven't eaten berries in years because they always come in those plastic yeah. punnets. Yeah. Um, and that's still something that I'm struggling to find um, rather than like, I typically even buy them frozen that are come in Ziploc bags because then I reuse those Ziploc bags for salad when I go to the market the and things berries, like that. So berries, um, tempeh, tofu, like there's some things, yeah. Um, vegan uh, Cheese cheeses and, and butter. Although yeah. we found we did one at the markets, the farmers market. Two weeks ago, we rocked up to the farmers markets yeah. and walked past. Did you bring it to my attention? I don't know. I can't remember who yeah. saw it, but we're walking past and it was like a a store that was selling just like dairy butter. Yep, and they had a little sign saying vegan butter available. Yeah. And we're like, oh my God. Because we could see that everything that they had was in bulk. Like mm. they had them in like these uh, bain-marie style mm. trays. And yeah. And so we're like, oh, we didn't bring our own container, but they had those compostable cardboardy type ones. Oh, yes. So we got that in in that and we said well next time when we come we'll bring our own glass jar 
And that little thing got us both so excited and we're like, oh, this butter looks so good and the ingredients list looked so good and we're like, yes. more people should do this at markets. And I think that's the direction. Like imagine f- even five years ago, yeah, someone selling vegan butter at a local market in Canberra. I know. You know, like but it's that not... you can self-serve. Yeah, that you're you can say, I want like 100 or 200 grams yeah, of that butter. That, that's a big deal. You know? yeah. that's I mean, it's shit. not cheap, but I'd rather support that yeah. than go to the supermarket and buy things in packets. Yes. So, that's mass produced, yes. you know. Like, if you don't want to make your own, some it's like a treat. Yes. You know, it's not like we're going to buy it every week. And, you know, again, there's probably things that we're not going to buy that you know, we might spend $50 in the grocery store buying things that are wrapped in plastic when we could spend $10 on this vegan butter. Yes. It's not in packaging. Yes. So, um, and then, and then, uh, and then that feeds into that point that, you know, if you look at the ingredients list of that butter, it's not like it's a, um, it has to be a really hard thing that you can make yourself if you really want that as well. Yeah, no. By sourcing, sourcing those ingredients in bulk as well. Yeah. Uh, as an alternative if you don't have access to, you know, um, people who are creating these yeah. products. Yeah, oh, there's heaps of recipes online yeah. and lots of cookbooks that um, share wonderful recipes for you to make things. But again, there's a perceived convenience of putting in that effort to make it yourself. So, again, it's about, okay, well, you know, how much it's do you want to yeah, commit to this cause? But there's options. Yeah. There's always yeah. options. Yeah. A more sustainable and alternative. And it's not like you have to have vegan butter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. At the end of the day, it's not like... It wasn't like an essential thing when we got it. No, it was just yeah. nice to have on toast. And we thought that it's important to support businesses yeah. that especially ones that... You need to show them that, hey... There's you a know, demand for There's this. a demand for it, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So rather than them going, oh, well, only five people bought it, we're not. Yes. We're going to stop making it and just continue milking more cows yeah. to make more butter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, the thing was on buying things in bulk. So we stopped yes. at the markets. We didn't continue on from there. So pretty much like all of the other stuff that we buy, besides like we're still guilty of buying like milk in tetra packs and stuff yeah. and a few other bits and pieces but majority of the but time you've gone on and off. like you've you've also you've also gone through phases of making milk yeah like you went a good solid yeah six Look, months when of like we have our own space again i think like i'll that, yeah. definitely be doing it again but, but again it's like it's like this um man it's like a it's a trying effort you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. that it, it can Look, be a bit do, of a grind. You do have to be organized. For example, if you don't have time to soak your the nuts the night before, if you want to make nut milk, mm-hmm. then just throw them in the blender and blend them and use them. You know, yeah. like it's not the end of the world. Yes, you should technically do that, but it shouldn't prevent you from still trying to do your best. Yeah. So there is sometimes prep involved. Um, but I think if you get smart and creative about it, yes, at the beginning, it's going to be more time consuming because you're le- obviously because you're learning something yep. uh, new and you're maybe trying to be creative with how you use certain things so that you throw out less stuff. Yeah. Then, yeah, it's going to take more time. Mm. But the more you do it and the more of a routine that you get into, it actually feels much more empowering than anything else. Yeah. So, like, just having a routine for... You feel, like, a little bit more self-sufficient, right? And a bit more empowered. Yeah. Yeah. 
and you know making do without things this yeah. is the other thing of like not feeling like you always need to have a fully stocked pantry which is a thing that i have always struggled with it's like mm. oh my god we don't have any rice i must go and get rice so even now that we don't have a car i kind of don't really have that option to just mm. jump in the car and go down to the shops and buy rice mm. to stock it up mm. I mean, I used to work in a bulk store, so, you know, I'd always take jars pretty much every shift and fill them up. So that was how I used to do that. But now that I don't work there anymore, you know, you just put the jars aside and then when you have the chance to go to the shops next or when you need to go shopping, you take those jars with you. Mm. Um, But... If you're commuting, like I was thinking about this, if you're commuting by public transport and it's not that convenient for you to be, or if you're going by by bike and you don't have the space and stuff, just put them in paper bags mm. and then bring them home that way yep. and then put them into your jars Yes. so that they're in an airtight container so yep. they don't go stale and whatever. Um, and then reuse those bags for produce when you go to the markets. Yes. So there's always a way that you can multi-purpose yep. things that you've got going on. Yeah. Um, like even things for cleaning, they've always got cleaning products that you can buy in bulk or, you know, instead of using liquid soap, you can use bars of soap, you know, this thing with shampoo bars and conditioner bars and yep. all of those types of things, bars of any kind are becoming much more popular. Yep. But still be mindful of the ingredients that are in those bars. Yes. And how you're actually purchasing them. If you're purchasing them online, they come in packaging anyways, well, it kind of defeats the purpose of it. Yep. So just try where you can. Like I've still got, um, like moving, if we're moving into the bathroom section. Sure, let's do that. Do that. Um, you know, from before when we used to have our online store, and we were selling organic hand wash mm. in 250 ml bottles. Um, actually, those guys also used to make bulk products yep. um, so that people could buy their products. And I, I'm finding a lot more brands are producing products still in packaging because they have to sell it in some way um, to the consumer, but then to have the option of uh, getting it in bulk in the future so that you can just top up the, that container. Yes. But like our hand wash and body wash is from the bulk store. So I've just reused those containers for those. The shampoo, mm. again, it's a liquid shampoo, but I found a place that sells the shampoo that I like in bulk. Yeah. Um, rather than So you just go take the empty, empty um, container and you just, uh, they've got a pump there and you just pump it, right? Yeah. Cool. Easy. Yeah. And I like, because it's a half a litre bottle, I might need it maybe to go to that specific store that, that like, sells it once every six months. Because particularly cosmetic products, that's some of the worst waste, the packaging there. That's that hard, it's tricky, thick plastic, like, you know, not to throw shade. Well, yeah, I'm going to throw shade at like, you know, like Pantene or whatever. Like I'm talking about like really commercial sort of mm. cosmetic brands mm. like that's some really rugged packaging yeah that it comes in um, so because I mean, it's you know there to be you know airtight waterproof and all this stuff so it's you know to be able to avoid that cycle um is huge well 
I have issue with that, as you probably know, on multiple levels, not mm. just from a sustainability point of view as the packaging side of things, yeah. but also the chemicals that are Absolutely. used in those products. Yeah. So yeah. I'm really big on buying products that use super clean ingredients. Yes. And if you know me, you will know that I'm probably the strictest consumer that you'll ever meet. And yep. I stand by that. I'm yet to meet someone that's as intense as I am You're when very it comes intense. to yeah. checking ingredients and um, buying things. And it's interesting. Like, and you have a visceral reaction. Like you get like there's like there's a <laughs> like <laughs> particularly like with babies and stuff. Um, like you, there's something that runs through your body when you see the amount of like toxins. I can't getting, help myself. That we're so ourselves if you in. know me, yeah, and I've been rude or I've said things in a certain way that might come across as you know, uh, preachy or whatever. It's just because I care, and I know more than most people do about certain things. Yeah. So, um. In saying that, I always just mean the best. Yep. And most people don't know these things. And yep. this is why, you know, one of the reasons why I've decided to do a course around it called Detox Your Bathroom. Yeah. Because so many people, they don't have the capacity. They don't know. They just trust that the government and that the companies that are producing these products are producing safe products. Yet most of them have not actually been ta- uh, tested yeah. for safety. And this goes for like as much in the men's category as the women's category. You know? Yeah. And I've written a couple of yeah. blog posts about this. Yeah. And um, I'll link them in the show notes yeah. as well. So I know like we're talking about sustainability, but you know. It, this it's, definitely it's just, ties it's just, into it's it. It's just like, um, it's just con- like it's just being conscious about shopping in general, which ticks a lot of boxes at the same time. So, you know, obviously we're talking about the packaging element, but yeah, you're right. There's also the ingredients that, yeah. that play a factor. We might well. do a separate episode just yeah, on that. We probably will. Then I might do a monologue on <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Two hour monologue. Um, so, yeah. So in saying that, you know, it's, it's important to go back to supporting smaller businesses that are doing the right things, that are, that are trying to... Um, package in the right way that they might have a recycling program. So, but, but you know what, though, Marsha. Luckily, more often than not, the brands that are trying to look for sustainable um, packaging solutions in cosmetics, more often than not, have cleaner ingredients. Might yeah. not be the best of the best. Yeah. But they come from that same sort of, you know what I mean? Yeah, That's they that, care. They they, they care yeah. about their product. So. Yeah. Um, it you know it's rare that you'll find like a brand that's just purely about the sustainability and does not care about the ingredients. Uh, it, so so it's gonna well it depends. I think it's gonna unfortunately become a little bit of a blurry line just because yeah. it's such a hot topic and it's such a big market. It's an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. It's a opportunity to make money so yeah. that that's why unfortunately there's a lot of greenwashing you know yeah and this is again something that i talk about is brands that you know might use the word natural or organic or chemical free or whatever it is on their packaging yeah but you know if they say that they say um part of the actual brand name might be organic but and they might say like Shea butter, 
organic shea butter um, body lotion, whatever yeah. it is I'm making things up now. But then you turn it over and that shea butter makes up maybe 5% of the entire product. Yeah. And that's the only organic ingredient in the yes. actual product. Yep. So that's just an example yes. of how like you've really just got to be mindful to read between the lines because they said organic shea butter, yeah. body lotion. That doesn't mean that the body lotion itself is organic. Yeah. It's just the shea butter component. Or they might say body lotion with organic rosehip oil. Yeah. It's just the rosehip oil that's organic. Yeah. And depending on, you know, the percentage of that product that is organic. Yes. Anyways, I could go on about this all day. <laughs> Let's move on. So you try in the bathroom, try and buy products that use um, non-plastic packaging. So for instance, if they might use stainless steel or they might use glass instead of plastic. Mm. Um, and try and find refillable things for those. There are brands um, that I've found, like I've, I've tried my best to even make makeup's a massive thing. And for a while now, I'm still going through my blush and bronzer that when we still had our online store and yep. that when I was testing out products because I don't use much of it. So I still have that. Um, but when I ran out of mascara and I was looking for mascara to buy, I was like, well, how can you avoid, you know, getting it in that pull-out tube yeah. with the brush? Yeah. Um, and I found a brand that does it in a little glass vial with a bamboo handle. I mean, it's still got those plastic bristles on the end, mm. but... You can actually keep that and just keep buying a glass vial. So you can keep reusing that. Yes. And you wash it after each use so that yes. it's actually nice and clean and that you get less of a chance. Not that I've ever had issues with getting any eye infections or... And again, that's only really when you're sharing it with other people, but it's yeah. much, much more hygienic it's to do it that hygienic. way. It's more And like, I mean, you know, and we share things like we... Um, although we've separated our deodorant paste <laughs> actually at the moment, <laughs> but, um, but you know, like, and I'm more talking to like um, body wash, body lotion, things like body that. Wash, we body wash, body lotion, the same. Uh, shampoo on my bald head. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, like, yeah, but even shavers, um, you know, we've got a stainless steel shaver. Yes. It's um, like a safety uh, razor, a safety razor instead of the plastic ones that you use. Like there's so many things you can, you can do, but it's walking in your bathroom and um, just think about all the waste that's coming out of that and, and, and just Tooth making brushes Yeah, toothbrushes, you know. Yeah. A bit, there's some really quick wins that you can make in there yeah. as well. But I feel like this episode's getting a bit <laughs> longer. <laughs> but um, I feel like we can just unpack the bathroom and yeah. maybe in a separate episode. Yeah, we might do that. I can um, talk about the chemicals and just talk about reuse. So there is options. Look, guys, even if you're going, oh, what is this mascara that you're talking about? I'll sh link to it in the show notes. You will. And, okay, and she cool. actually has a lot of um, products that, well, all of her products are packaged in a sustainable way. So she's got skincare as well as makeup and it's actually good quality. And I stand by her ingredients from last time when I checked 100%. So yeah. if things have changed since then, I'm sorry. But last time I looked... Um, I still um, approved of the ingredients that she was using. So yep. 
Yeah, and if there's anything that you're struggling to find that you're not sure of how to go about it in the future, just just message me. Sure. And I'll I'll be happy to share what I have or even give you some advice of where you can possibly look for that product. Sounds good. Um, there was a quick mention here in the bathroom about the earbuds as well. Um, yeah, so even like that's see that's again so like a, little a simple thing. Yeah. But like finding earbuds, like I buy ones that um, use organic cotton as well as I think the actual um, the stick part is made out of uh, bamboo, bamboo or something. Yeah. So you can compost those as well. Yeah. Rather than on plastic that end up going to landfill. Yeah. So I know that there's like the stainless steel ones, but just the thought of sticking something hard into my ear yeah. to me seems like a massive no-no. Like, I don't know. I Safety reasons, I feel like I couldn't yeah. make myself go deaf. So for people that... There are other options as well. Yes, for because you. there could be uh, quite a lot of conventional ones have plastic, don't they? They all have plastic. Oh, okay. There are a couple of brands that I think use like uh, cardboardy type material. Yeah. So that's as well yeah. a possibility. Um. So there are a couple of options. Okay. Out there. Yeah. All right. Last couple areas. So I want to talk about gift giving and specifically wrapping. So um. I know, like, you've got a little stash of reusable yeah, so wrapping paper. Yeah, so my whole paper. life, and we talked about this in episode 12. Yes. Yeah, we talked about how, like, I've always, I've grown up in a family where we've so always... So, episode 12 is about, we talk about, like, managing gifts as a minimalist and what that yeah. looks like. Yeah. And so, you know, wrapping paper, bags, any of that kind of stuff, we'd reuse. Yeah. And I still, to this day, I don't remember the last time I ever bought wrapping paper. Um, and you can improvise. You can, you know, I've seen some amazingly beautiful, even just craft paper. Yeah. Get some craft paper that has so many different purposes in yes. your life. Yeah, multi-purpose. Multi-purpose products. Oh, man. Yeah. We've got to do, we've got so many episodes. Yeah. There's write, so much content coming for you guys. Down. Yeah. Write that down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so that. Um, like I think that even just using bags, like every time I receive a gift or have received a gift in a bag before, I'm like, great, that's a that's a good way to be able to reuse that bag. Yeah. And bags aren't that cheap, you know, like when yeah. you think about something that you literally just put another gift into and like cards and things like that, there's so much money to be made in that industry yeah. alone. So I think it's important to um, reuse where you possibly can. Well, dried flowers, but then you can also find things like twine, you know, like use more yeah. sustainable, eco-friendly, even if they do end up throwing it out or just suggest to them, you can compost this instead of throwing it in the bin. Yes. So there, there are options or if they use twine, then, you know, I reuse twine in a million different ways. Yeah. You know, tie your plants, you, your tomatoes that are growing in summer when they're growing too big so that they can stand up straight. Yep. Or if you're wrapping another gift or if you're making kombucha and you need your muslin to stay down, you know, if you don't want to use rubber bands or if you're making some chocolates for someone and you want to wrap that up in a little in a little paper bag. There's so many uses for twine. Sure. So um, that's a really handy thing to so have So it might be even well. worth just having a little kit. Yeah. And, you know, a little place, a, desert, a dedicated place in your home for 
Like, and if you've got children, get them get them yeah. involved. Like get some yeah. craft paper and get them to paint on it. Like yeah, that in itself can be a gift. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so um, all right, let's go to some general lifestyle things. Um, so going vegan. Well, when you're <laughs> talking about sustainability, yeah. that's probably I feel like is one of the most like you know one of the most impactful things you can do, right? Exactly. So I mean. Where was it? I think it was in Cowspiracy and it was a big like, yeah, that's so true for us. Yes. I'm not here to start a debate about this, guys. But um, one gentleman, I can't remember his name, was saying you can't be an environmentalist and eat meat. Yeah. Because animal agriculture causes so much deforestation it's not funny. Even yes. just for not just the actual livestock to raise more livestock. Yeah. But to grow food for the livestock. Yeah. So to grow soybeans or corn or whatever they're feeding the livestock. Yeah. They need more land for that. Yeah. And rather than feeding other people that yeah. grain that could help world hunger and uh, mitigate a lot of problems... They're feeding it to livestock than then people eat. Farming cows takes up a lot of resource. Yeah. Like fundamentally a lot of resource. So yeah. it's um yeah, we'll I mean we'll we'll link to that stuff. And we talked about it a lot in our book as well. But um absolutely, you know, adopting a, a vegan lifestyle, plant based lifestyle, um, can certainly help mitigate that um mm. that focus from mm. the from the supply chain standpoint. So mm. Um, so when you're talking about sustainability, um, yeah, it was really impactful. I mean, we, you know, we're told to, you know, take shorter showers and turn off the lights when you leave the room and all of these things take public transport. Yeah. Um, but that's minuscule compared but the to the impact of something like that compared yeah. to actually, um, going vegan. Um, it, it's, it's just crazy. And so you can find a lot of these things in the documentary called Cowspiracy, yeah. which we'll share. Absolutely. Um, it's really mind blowing. Yes. So that's another sustainability tip. Um, I think just generally like uh, like borrowing books. That that was another one that we sort of thought about yeah. uh, instead of buying books. Yeah. So and like you've done this recently. Yeah. yeah. So if there's books um, that you feel like you want to buy, you want to read, I'd suggest that you first go to your local library, see if they've got it there or get them to order in. Most cases, if they don't have it on their database, they'll actually buy it and order it in. Yeah. Um, and On that note, <laughs> we've, we, you know, we've got a book, The Minimalist Vegan. <laughs> um, and honestly, like, you know, uh, you know, you could obviously support us by buying the book, but if you can contact your local library and uh, get them to stock the book in the library uh, and you can save on the cost and, and, and the printing paper and everything, that's required to get it direct. We're all for that as well. You See, know. we're so environmentally conscious that we're happy to be homeless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. um, so that's um, but but honestly, like that's uh, you know, I think that's a really good way to um, you know, exchange information. Like even like sharing books amongst each other. Yeah. As well, that's yeah. a really cool way to look at. Or it buying too. secondhand. Yes. You know, that's another way. There's so many different places that you can buy books secondhand. But back to the point that I was trying to make before sure. is if you really 
do think that you'd want like sometimes you know it's nice to have cookbooks that you can use for years to come if you really love what this person's created and yes. want that like I have a thing about that yeah so the way that I've managed to kind of get around that to avoid impulse buying or not really cooking much from the book mm. or you know if you buy it and you go oh, it's it's not what I expected it to be mm. Um, is to first borrow it from the library, see mm. how much in the period that you've got it for, how much you actually use it and cook from it. And if you feel like it's something that you will want long-term, then don't feel shame in buying it and supporting, you know, and yeah. knowing that you're going to have it for years to come and that yeah, you're going to cook a lot from And you're going to refer back to it, you know, because that's I really like that whole um, the time window of renting, you know, mm. because um, how many times do we buy... I'm guilty of this. Buying, a, I buy a book, yeah, and then I don't read it. Mm. Um, so I you know. know, but if you if you if you rent it, you're more likely to actually take action, yeah, uh, on it as well, yeah. Um, and then also from the minimalist standpoint, it's you know it's less clutter, yeah. Um, like I've got a friend that she actually cooks from cookbooks pretty well. I would say all the time, sure. like as in every meal that she cooks, I'm pretty confident is from a cookbook yeah i take my heart off to her i couldn't do that myself but she this is how she tries different things all the time but she's a person that uses like even a few weeks ago when we were at their place for dinner she was showing me some recipes and i could see that that book has been used because you can yeah. see <laughs> half the ingredient or not half like you can see that it's been loved and that yes. it's been used a lot whereas a lot of people buy cookbooks and you know what when i was when we were doing research a little while ago like if you use one or two recipes out of a cookbook apparently that's called a successful yeah. cookbook or yeah. like a book that you love yeah which is astounding yeah so like they, compared on average to my have friend, like 100 yeah yeah she'll at least would have tried half of at least yeah half of the recipes in that cookbook so there's someone that values cookbooks yeah. and uses them every single day so yes. I give you permission. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. I'm just saying, yeah, it's 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 so a, it's it depends to think on how about. it's yeah. used. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and and to wrap it up, um, you know, we we've both been unwell recently. Yes. So um, and we've been using a lot of tissues. Yeah. Um, now you get the sniffles quite a lot, so you you have quite a few handkerchiefs in the rotation. Yeah. But it made me realize how I need some handkerchiefs and we, ne we need together more handkerchiefs because we went through a lot of tissues. And, um, you know, looking at the, the impact of that and the waste around it, um, it's definitely something to look at. It's a quick win as well. Hmm. Um, now, yes, uh, you could probably speak from experience. Um, handkerchiefs seem a bit old school. They seem a bit disgusting. Um, but, you know, how's the transition been? trying to use more handkerchiefs and tissues good i actually find it much easier because i typically then have one on me sure and i can use it time and time again yeah um the problem with me is depending on where i'm at is that i might i might not have enough sure so i might not be at that point yet where i'm actually you know I might need to stock up on a few more to get me through those times where yeah. I am using them quite a lot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely all for it. And mm. I think it's it's a much... Even even if it's not using tissues, use to like 
for years I used toilet paper as yeah. tissues. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's, you should feel no shame Yeah. about that. Yeah. It's just, you know, the yeah, I don't see the point. But handkerchiefs are definitely a great alternative. Yep. Um, and yes, I okay. think they need to be popped onto the wish list to get some more. Yes. So that we've got a slightly looser rotation of them so that yes. they we don't reach for the tissue box. For the tissue box as much. Okay. So let's let's Look, talk about I'll, fashion. I'll, and I'll then be quick. Okay, sure. Okay. So fashion. Um try and buy second hand. Yep. So this is what I do, right? If I don't find something secondhand, I then go and look on the, unfortunately, it's typically websites because mm. there isn't really much locally that I can buy that's sustainable, sustainably made using organic materials. So it'll t- typically be and online vegan. and yeah. vegan. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and I have a look at that. So we've got a blog post where we talk about ethical online fashion store. So we'll link to that and that's got some great and as you know by now, probably with my standards, I've I've done a bit of digging and not all of them are 100% vegan, but they have a really decent range of yep. vegan um, options on their website. So they're all ethical and they all have a sustainability component or they might all have a recycle well not all some have recycling programs so we encourage and support brands that are trying to do the right thing to yeah. create and a closed loop the recycling program loop. is yeah so yeah you're right the closed loop supply because like the recycling program gets you thinking and we've talked about this multiple times um but if you're new to our podcast you know we're really big on the life cycle of a product so thinking about um you know at the point of purchase you know, what does the whole life of this product look like? And yeah. I think it's really comforting knowing that, you know, if, you know, if I get shoes from Etico, for example, that they have a trade-in program, yeah. knowing that they're trying to close that loop yeah. um, and you can get a little bit of a credit towards the next shoe. Mm. Um, you know, so that's that's a big deal. I know Mud Jeans has a, like a, you can rent your jeans for, a season. Uh, for, for, for 12 for months. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then trade that in as well. Um, in technology, Apple's got a... Or even just return them. Like yeah. once you've finished wearing them, you can return them and they'll recycle that material and make new jeans yeah. out of it. There you go, right? Yeah. I know even there's not fashion, well, kind of actually Apple. <laughs> but um, like, you know, Apple and technology has got a, a great give back program as well, um, you know, about how they can, you know, they're trying to develop a closed loop supply chain. It's not there yet but that's their goal. I think there's a lot of brands that are trying to start because you're starting to notice with this whole movement of minimalism and decluttering and everything that a lot of people are just starting to donate way too much crap. Yeah. Things that, you know, a lot of um, uh, charity places can't actually sell so that it ends up pretty much you feel like it's going somewhere good, that it's you're doing the right thing. So you've cleared your conscience. Yeah. But it ends up going to landfill anyways because yeah. they're getting way too much stuff. Yeah. So I think it's important for brands to innovate in ways to recycle yeah. so that they can reuse, break down those materials and reuse them again to repurpose them. Like I know that there's a few even different fashion brands that create like mud jeans that we just mentioned, but that are bringing out really high-end fashion lines and collections based on 
like even, you know, plastic bottles. I don't know. There are some other brands that incorporate that. Yeah. But again, that's greenwashing to a degree because it might only be like 5%. Okay. Where did those bottles come from? Like, what are you actually doing to help mitigate this issue? Yeah. So like just because something looks like it's shiny and creative and really great on the surface, dig deeper, ask more questions because I did this, remember, in Sydney. Yeah. When we walked into that store, which yeah. shall remain unnamed. Yeah, it's a big brand, yeah. Um, I was asking a lot of questions and I don't think, the, I can't even remember, but I don't think the girl could even answer no. half of them. No. And she's like, but this is the range. Yeah, what percentage is recycled? You know, yeah. and, and So they and say that the they process? use plastic bottles yeah. in their shoes. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so what component of this shoe is made from recycled bottles? And And it was like literally not even 20% of yeah. the shoe yeah. was using that. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, you're pushing that. You're promoting it in a way that makes it sound like the whole shoe's made out of recycled yeah. bottles. But even then, like when you start, okay, that's great. But when we're talking about fashion as well, if you're buying secondhand, if you're buying firsthand, if you're buying brand new stuff, please try and buy materials that are natural. Yeah. Because this is how we can try and reduce the amount of microplastics and um, fibers that are not natural going into our oceans and damaging yeah. our wildlife and our water. Um, so that's really important because as soon as you put it into your washing machine, you know, it goes into our waterways and ends up in the ocean. So, um, and I heard... I might have mentioned this in a previous podcast that not even one liter of the ocean is actually completely plastic free, which is pretty scary stuff. Yeah. I'm rambling a little bit here, but to finish it off, if you're buying things with intention, as Michael mentioned before, when you're looking at the life cycle of a product, when you're buying secondhand, don't feel like because it's secondhand that I'll wear this a few times and then I'll get rid of it. Mm. You still need to make sure that you have that responsibility to follow through on buying something that's good quality. Yeah. And just because it is secondhand that doesn't feel like you can justify wearing it a couple of times then throwing it out. Yeah. So here's an example of what you should do with clothes that you feel like might be at the end of their life or that... Um, are no longer usable for that purpose. Or that are just like not in the condition that they could be in. Sure. Stitch it up. Yeah. Fix it. Yeah. Send it off to be fixed if you don't know how to do it yourself or you don't have the equipment to do it yourself. Create a little sewing kit and just learn how to sew buttons back on. Is how it hard? to No, it's piss easy. Okay. Like so easy. Yeah. All right. I mean, I don't do an amazing job, but it does the job. Yeah. I mean, I was impressed. So you patch up my socks, you put some buttons back on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I know. mean, it's something that I learned as a kid watching my mum do. Yeah, right. So, um, but the amount of times that we've taken your jeans in because you tend to rub them off. Yeah. Rub them off. The material in between your legs tends to wear out. Or well, not anymore. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, we'd go and repair those pants yeah. and put in reinforcements to make sure that that didn't happen anymore yeah rather than throwing out and buying a new pair of jeans yeah so you know just think of it this is so you know shoes 
So when you're buying something, think of the longevity. Will I be able to easily, well, not easily, but like, will it be worth it me stitching this up later on? Yeah. You know, if you're buying something that's quality, well, then, yeah, you will be able to repair it. But if it's something that's rubbish, it's highly unlikely that you'll be able to do that. And if you have things that are beyond repair, chop it up and use them as cloths. Give it to animal shelters if you know that they can use it as... Um, you know, stuffing for blankets and stuff for yeah. homeless animals. Yeah. Or even um, donate it to your local mechanics so they can yeah. use them as rags for when they're working on cars. There's yeah. so many different ways yeah. that you can reuse things. Just quickly. Okay. <laughs> did you have anything to add? I know we're <laughs> running an hour and a half on this, but I just wanted to add one last point before we wrap it up. Sure, go for it. Our dog. Yes. This is something that I was asked about on Instagram um, after the waste episode, which is episode number... 17. (laughs) Um, What we do with our dog's poop. Mm. And so there's multiple ways that you can do this. We, for a long period of time, we were using those compostable bags, but I always had an issue with those because they say that they're compostable, but they're not really. They need to be sent to the right facilities to be... Uh, to break down properly yeah so but we're still going through those bags yeah because um most of the time we take our dog for a walk where not many people walk or take their dogs or it's it's not on the path and so we tend to either leave it or we tend to dig a hole and bury it yeah um and then the other option is that you um so with or we use the bag the other option is to take some toilet paper or paper towel if you still have some at home and pick it up with the paper towel, wrap it up in the toilet paper, which we do, and put it into the reuse. So leave one reusable bag hmm. and then throw it out either into the so put big the, bin. The, the wrapped up poop in into the bag. Into the bag, yeah. So that it doesn't that you don't have to hold the poop in your hand. Yep. You have it in the bag. But then you throw it out of the bag so that you can keep reusing the bag for multiple uses rather than just once. Yeah. Um, Depending on where you are in the world, check with your council or with whoever you need to check with if you can flush uh, dog poop down the toilet. Mm. So some people can do that, which is great. Other people just throw it into the rubbish bin. Mm. Um, And that's a good way... I asked um, a friend of ours that's big on, she's got a a business where she's on about sustainability and zero waste and all of that. And she was saying that she uses toilet paper wrappers for her dog's poop. Yeah. And she also buries it if she can. Yeah. And I thought that that was a great idea because we also use that toilet paper. Yeah. So um, rather than buying, that's another thing, rather than buying it from the shops where it comes wrapped in plastic, you can buy it from, there's multiple places um, that come individually. They are individually wrapped, but it mitigates plastic. But you can also use those wrappers for things like that. Yeah. Or, f- you know, for gift wrapping because they actually come in beautiful packages. Yeah. One last thing about dogs. Yeah. Is that I don't know if I mentioned it in the Waste podcast. I've mentioned it on our blog before. Mm. But with um, Chewy's treats, I get them at the markets. Mm. So I, I like I do research and I look around as to where I can get certain things without mm. packaging. And dog treats are a bit tricky unless you make your own. 
But I've found someone where I can get Chewy loves. So after he gets home from walk, he <laughs> sits down and starts wagging his tail and he waits for his sweet dried sweet potato, which yeah. he loves. And we get that from the markets for him. Now, she used to get it. Uh, she used to have it in a package. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this in the past, but yeah, I'll mention yep. it again. Um, and I put it into a jar container mm-hmm. instead of taking the packet with me. And she reuses that bag. Yep. So that's just another way. Like, just ask the question. Yeah, yeah. And we and we talked about it in the previous episode because we're talking about like, you know, um, again, challenging yeah. Um, store storeholders and businesses. Yeah. Um, because if you didn't ask that question, um, you know, because she resisted initially, and then later on, I think she it was not resistance. It was just like, oh, well, you know, it caught her off guard because she's obviously never been asked before, and yeah. it's something that she'd never considered before. Yeah. But then, yeah. but then she had it. You know, she she was able to create a solution for a niche market for us. Yeah. Um, that was a lot more sustainable. So. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just having the courage to have that conversation. If you really believe in, in this sustainability stuff, it's just, you know, more that we have these conversations, the more it's going to signal to businesses yeah. that, you know, Hey, like we can make these changes. Yeah. People want and this. And you won't feel like a, a silly person because they'll be like, Oh yeah, I've been asked about this before. You know, I think yeah. get it. Don't feel uncomfortable asking and feeling like a doofus for doing so yeah. because at the end of the day, as silly and maybe uh, in your face as it sounds, it's not actually about you. Yeah. You know, you're, you're doing, you're trying to do something for the planet. Absolutely. Or, you know, if you feel uncomfortable when it comes to veganism about something, you're not doing it for yourself, you're doing it for the animals. Yes. So try and remove yourself and your uncomfortableness, if that's a word, around it just to ask the question because you're doing it for the benefit of our planet yep. and the animals. Yeah. So um, hopefully maybe that can actually help you to not feel uncomfortable asking yeah. the question. Yeah. Like there's... Because I know I've had held up about that in the past, especially when I was younger. Yeah. And I'd be like, but I don't want to look like this loser that's asking questions and being really annoying about it. But yeah. now I actually do not care at all. Yeah. As you can tell. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. And, and, you know, these are real examples that it, it, it can work. Yeah. It can absolutely work. All right. I think that's a great way um, to wrap up this episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were like, oh, we'll keep it short and sweet today so since we're, we're still not 100%. But <laughs> yeah, we're still on the right topic. We're posting it late <laughs> and then we're, we post a super long <laughs> podcast episode. Well, likely <laughs> yeah. it's a double. It's an apology one. Yeah, it is. We're trying to make up for being late. Um, so, guys, I hope you've enjoyed this. Um, you know, we, we wanted to come back to this topic. Obviously, we know you guys are interested in it, but we just wanted to get a little bit more nitty gritty and just show you like what's going through our minds and how we make these decisions to try and live more sustainably. Uh, we could talk for another 90 minutes mm-hmm. about all the other little things. And and, 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 and it's always constantly improving um, as you talk to more people in this movement and you start to see what they're doing and then you learn from them. And like, it, it's, it's great. It's such a great community that we have. Um, and we have the internet to learn from each other, um, from afar yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and locally, if you want to get in person. So I think, yeah. um, we'll, we'll make sure we'll link to a lot of these resources in the show notes. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, thanks for tuning in and being patient with us this week. Hang on. I have something else to add. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I just want to make a point of saying. I tied saying a bow on that. It was, <laughs> it's done. It's over, Marsha. No, just give me. <laughs>
<laughs> you can die bow on it again in a second. I just want to say one last thing that I think is actually quite an important point to make. Okay. As all of these have been, I feel. Um, look, we're not these hippies that live out in the middle of nowhere that have a solar panelled house that are off grid. Yeah. So we're trying to... And we're not like super handy, self-sufficient people. No. At all. Like, so this not. is like tips on how to get started and how to do as much as you can in the modern world yeah. as much as possible. Yeah. So it's relatively approachable in that way. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we know that it's not something that you can transition to straight away. Yeah. Bit by bit, take take what you can from this and what you feel like you can actually start off with. Yeah. If it's one thing, great. It's better than nothing at the end of the day. But, again, we're not people that are living self-sufficiently off, off our grid. land, off-grid. In a jungle. In a jungle, <laughs> going completely, yeah. you know, one with nature and stuff, which yeah. is, you know... 110% respect people that have done that, yeah. but it's not for everyone. Yeah. And it's not definitely, for the majority, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So just keep that in mind as that's not what we're kind of trying to say here, which is, I guess, if you're living in a perfect world of sustainability, that's what that looks like. Yeah. But we can do our bit where we can. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Would you like to tie another bow on it? No, I've. Double bow. I've. I've I've done my bow. You're bite. done. Okay, yes. cool. All right. Thanks, guys. I'm going <laughs> to leave it at that. I'll tie a bow on it this time. Um, yeah, so I'll I'll link to everything that we talked about in the show today. There'll be a million links for you guys to um to munch on on this one. And anything else to add, Michael? No, no. no. Look, you could, no. <laughs> we're good. Cut yourself off. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. We're going to say bye now and we'll see. And again, apologies for being a day late but yeah because we, we've been asked where, where what's happened to us <laughs> well yeah but by, by so. the time we post this it'll be like almost two days kind of no well like a, a day, day and, and a half. half yeah yeah um yeah so we'll yeah we'll make and if sure there's any elements of this conversation you want us to go deeper on yes uh, in a please future episode, please let us know, let us know. and yeah. if you have any questions about it we might even do like a q a at some point yeah. as well if we feel like there's enough there yeah. to go off all right anyways thanks guys thank you <laughs> see ya bye what an episode so much for keeping it short and sweet as you can tell we had a lot to share with you all and we can really get into a lot of detail about this way of living as michael said sustainability and waste is a really serious topic we need to move with some level of urgency and we hope that this podcast episode will help you to seek opportunities to do so. You can find all the show notes for this episode at theminimalistvegan.com forward slash 021. That again is theminimalistvegan.com forward slash 021. Thank you for tuning in again and please leave us a review as well as a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on so that more people can discover it. Thanks again and chat to you again next week. Bye.